Welcome to Adults Only Comedy Berlin. Uh, today it's just me, and um, this is a this is this is an episode that's kind of been requested of me, which is kind of funny. Um, but it's also to announce a couple of things and to just you know um, uh, ruminate on some topics as well. But uh, the the request was to do an episode about Backdoor Comedy Festival. Uh, I don't know if people ask me this tongue in cheek, but you know whatever. I um so Backdoor Comedy Festival was an event that I ran on the 13th of January and uh, it was a six hour long stand up comedy event from 6 p.m. till midnight with uh, two different stages and there was comedy nonstop and there was also a separate room where there was always not comedy happening and I uh, yeah people wanted to know how I put it together and um, there was one guy there who sadly we we couldn't let come back in because he wanted to beat up someone but he also wanted to run an event like what i i was putting on uh in leipzig which is cool so yeah I'll, I'll, i'm very happy to share what it is to to put on the event and how the event went um if you came thank you so much all the comedians that were on were just you know i i love you guys i love you guys it was it was such a smooth and uh and surprisingly Ah, joyous event. It, like it shouldn't be surprising, but I was um, I was quite nervous about it. It was an undertaking I hadn't done before. I uh, Christoph Schmidt and I had Schmidt and I had the idea together back when we um, back when we had use of Belushi's to run the uh, Berlin Festivus, which was an end of year comedy festival uh, with three different stages. We wanted to have the main stage, a toilet stage a storeroom stage stage and also actually a green room stage. So it was four stages and the little stages were going to be like these weird kooky things and things would be running at the same time. And, uh, and it turned out that we couldn't run that event because, uh, good old Belushi's. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, it, they, they, they didn't really like us running events there that much, I guess, but they were like, Oh no, it's the world cup. Of course you don't have those dates, but there wasn't any communication about it. And we actually set up the event and then it was needing to be canceled. Um, about, I don't know, I think it was like two weeks before it happened or whatever. And I was quite devastated back in, uh, that was back in 2022, I think it was the end of 2022. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was, it was the idea that, that Christoph and I had, but then, um, end of last year, so end of 2023, uh, the owner of um, Mishlipska, my Tuesday venue for backdoor comedy, uh, he mentioned that he'd like to do some kind of festival or an event. And I was like, oh, ho, ho. And it's not quite, it's it's a tiny space compared to what Belushi's was. So I was like, oh, I'm going to run this by myself and I'm going to use this as a, as, a, as a way to also promote backdoor comedy because uh, that's been running for a while. And it has weeks where I, it's packed, but it does have quite a few weeks where it's, you know, a good five audience members, 10, and that's that 10 is great. Uh, but it'd be nice for it to just get up a little bit more because we, you know, I do have a really solid lineup and, um, and it's always such a, a nice vibe in there. So I thought, you know, the comedy festival, call it backdoor comedy festival. Cause, um, I've also put, uh, that on Google maps, blah, blah, blah. So if you are running a venue, if you're a producer and you're running a venue, if you can actually kind of like geotag, I, apparently Google's supposed to send out a letter for the venue to confirm that they are backdoor comedy. Um, but that hasn't happened yet. And 
it's still uh, discoverable on Google Maps and I'm getting updates that people are searching and using Google Maps to find the club. So or find Mishlivska, find Backdoor Comedy. So um, so anyway, I was like, let's let's uh, let's name it after the night that I do. And also it's it's very vibe appropriate, I think. Uh, and then what I in order to, to put it together, it was the owners suggesting it and then us kind of working out, OK, let's do these two stages. Let's do back to back. So the small room that we can actually close off and have separate from the bar and any kind of interruptions, um, we ran uh, 30 minutes sets in there so in reality most of them were about 25 minutes but some comics got a good like 27 minutes uh in in the back room um for their for their sets for their sets 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 so that was very cool and um so on the hour every hour was the back room set and we had uh, the likes of catnip and dan stern and gory b and tara kilbride and freddie kala and um and palia uh, gracing that back, back room stage. And then after that, that set would finish. Then we would, I would, I keep saying we, I don't know. I would direct everyone out of the back room and bring everyone into the front room, which is the, the main bar area. And, uh, because that's a little bit more chaotic, the plan was, and what we did was, um, two short sets, uh, by different comedians and me hosting in between. So, after I would introduce the comedian in the back room, that would go for half an hour, that would come to the half hour, then we'd all move out, and then I'd do a little bit of hosting, then I'd bring out the next comedian who would do an eight minutes, then I'd bring out the next comedian who would do another eight minutes, and then we'd go back to the back room. So my planning wasn't amazing because it turned out that I really only performed seven minutes every hour, but that's for six hours. <laughs> and then there was the go-betweens and then there was me timing each comedian and lighting them and uh, yeah, sort of moving, directing the audience. I was also doing the door um, when uh, when the, mat, like the, the bar owner couldn't do it. So yeah, so in terms of like logistics, uh, once the, the, the venue owner was like, let's do this, I put together a, sh- a spreadsheet. I contacted all the comedians that I um, that came to mind that I wanted I wanted to invite on. Uh, a lot of people weren't available uh, or just didn't get back to me in time. Put the spreadsheet together, put the put the timetable up, and then um, went about designing the event posters for Instagram as well as for the street posters. Um, the venue put up posters along Schlesischerstrasse, which was cool. And then I just did, yeah, stories. I ran an ad, which didn't perform very well. Um, finally went back onto Facebook, guys, for all my Facebook hate. It is sadly the only way you can like get good metrics for measuring your advertising across Instagram and be discoverable on Facebook, even though I don't really want to be on Facebook at all. But um, basically just ran Instagram ads through Meta Business Suite. And um, so the new profile is under Glory Hole Comedy because that label that I've got, it doesn't have a venue. It's not a show at the moment. So I'm just, uh, I've just co-opted Glory Hole as my marketing brand name. Again, feels relevant. And um, and so ended up being that we pre-sold 33 tickets on the door. We got like another 22 plus tickets and then like a few friends um of comedians friends of mine came in as well and uh yeah I was really scared that we weren't going to have any audience for the first the first show because we started at six so doors were at five 
at 5.30, sorry. And, um, or five, actually, I was there at 4.45. And it got to 6 p.m. and we only had two audience members. And then it was three. And then by five past six, I asked, uh, I asked Kat, who was the first performer, like, how many, how many audience members do you need to perform? And she was like, four. And then by 10 past six, another two arrived. It was like, bingo. And so like herded everyone into the back room, everyone, all five people. And uh, I did a very quick intro. I didn't want to eat into Kat's time because I did want to stay on schedule. And so, yeah, brought her up and she got, you know, a solid, uh, a solid 20 minutes in there, which was great. And then a few more people arrived once she'd started. And then um, once she was finished and we had the first two acts in the front room, Ben McLean and Faye Walsh, um, there was already like double the number and it just kept growing and growing. And so by 9 p.m., the front room was packed. And uh, and so was the back room for the for the back room 30 minute sets. So, yeah, every like some comics said that they had, you know, one of the best sets of their career. Uh, a lot of the audience were just so pumped up and 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 yeah, really um, overjoyed sounds like a negative, but doesn't it over overjoyed? But anyway, overjoyed. <laughs> they, um, they were just like, wow, do you do this every week? I'm like, are you insane? <laughs> Um, uh, but you're going to do it again. And, you know, I will definitely do it again. I think, uh, I, I love bringing, I love bringing, um, comics together and people together. And I love, I love the bar and the vibe there. So I think I'll definitely do it again. Um, I managed to pay all the comics, which was great. Not a huge amount because the tickets were only 15 euro. Um, and it's like a whole pass for the whole, the whole day, which, you know, was, I think is good, but I think, um, with the quality of the comedy that was provided, I think, um, 20 wouldn't be unreasonable. And I also think that running six till midnight is a bit insane. Um, so it could be something that runs from six till maybe 10 or six till 11 max. Um, but probably six till 10 would be, would be a really solid, it's still four hours of comedy and 20 euro would be very reasonable and we could still pack it in. And it means at 10, you know, at 10, 10 we, we finish it up, uh, and the DJs start playing, which they did as well after, after the festival, which was a lot of fun. So, oh, it was such a good night. Um, but yeah, with, with only 15 euro tickets and the capacity of the venue, um, yeah, like I wasn't able to pay the comics a huge amount, but it was like 40 euro each for the, the back room sets and then 13 for the front room sets. But yeah, 40 euro for 25 minutes. That's not that bad given, given, given the capacity and, um, and 13 for the eight minute sets. But, um, yeah, hopefully with a, a bit of a tighter, uh, lineup next time, shorter time span and, uh, slightly higher ticket cost. Um, I'll be able to pay people more and, uh, and yeah. And also next time I will definitely, um, like save a spot for me. Uh, I think I'd either, either, um, open the show or close it, open the festival or close it. Maybe opening it would be, um, would be the most logical. And that way I get in a good, uh, a good, a good amount of stage time. But I, I wasn't, I wasn't upset or, or resentful in any way. I just wanted it to run smoothly and it did and on time and the feedback was wonderful. So again, a huge shout out to everyone who was a part of it. Thanks so much for the support and, uh, and not, you know, not creating difficulties and, uh, and bringing all your wonderful energy. So 
Um, I say not creating difficulties because lineups, if any, if any producers are listening, lineups can be a bit of a nightmare with people swapping. And uh, I put it out pretty clearly to everyone. Don't make this hard for me. It's already a lot. So uh, people were, were very respectful of that. And, um, and I appreciate <laughs> that consideration. Um, so yeah, that's the backdoor comedy festival. I think I'll do the next one. Well, let's see, let's see when we feel like it. Um, and that'll be in, in, in collaboration obviously with the venue, but, uh, cool stuff. I think it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I was in my time, like my sense of time was so good after that, after, after managing like six hours nonstop of keeping, keeping time of everything that was on stage (laughs) and lighting people. The next day on the Sunday, um, chilling out with my partner, he um, he was also he came along and he was he was really impressed and uh, and was really happy to hear me kind of process it all and um, yeah and and he was very congratulatory and really really sweet. You know, because it was a lot. It was a lot, and um, of course, I had the help of the the bar owner doing the door and 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 being there. But yeah, like in terms of the running of it, it was uh, it was kind of just me behind the you know holding the reins there. And um, and so the next day, I was like, I just wanna, I wanna, I wanna go out for dinner. I wanna be served, and I wanna go to a movie, and I just wanna chill. And um, and so we we did that. But in doing that, my my timing was insane. Like. To go to the we we um, he found a movie for us and so with that movie time it was like nine fifteen movie and I was like why don't we go to this Italian restaurant and it was like okay so then maybe we should get there at eight or eight fifteen so that we can then like be out by nine and then walk to the cinema and so okay the bus comes at eight oh four all right we need to leave the apartment at like ten to eight and then it was just like <laughs> just yeah and just like the, the fact that I hit everything. And hit every and just it would just I don't know I feel like I've I've reached this new level of mechanical um, timekeeping subconsciously uh, it's in my system you know um, yeah so that's uh, that's weird um, now the other stuff that I I, I I aforementioned I foreshadowed even was about um, this podcast so you may or may not have noticed that uh, certain episodes have been removed from public. Uh, viewing public access. Uh, I have done this because after, after, after what year is it? It's 2024. I started this at the end of 2020. Shit, man. That's like three. Well, we're at the start. So that's, it's a solid um, one, two, three, solid three years. I really had to do the math there. A solid three years um, of podcasting. And with everything that's happened in my personal life, because of this podcast, uh, big one, big shout out losing my relationship with my father because he won't talk to me because of what I've mentioned on the podcast about my childhood. Um, also like I've definitely, I also, okay. So there's that. Um, also knowing that just anyone can listen to this stuff and I am, I'm 100% honest on here and I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is, but well, I do know, of course I know what it is, but like, maybe a way to explain it. I, I feel like, um, on Instagram you can post stuff. Okay. This is a very weird way to explain this, but like, um, I feel like YouTube is a really good way of demonstrating the, uh, or it, it's such a, a, a quick, um, example of 
how content creators are um, ex- vulnerable to the viewers. I, I feel like I post things on Instagram um, and, you know, people just, the, the, if people don't like it, typically they just don't watch it. Whereas on YouTube, somehow people, if people don't like it, they comment. Or if people think they have something interesting to say about a female comic or your face or whatever, they will write it. Now, I bring this up because I, 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 I've very rarely been offended by um, responses to my content on Instagram. Um, and on my podcast, it seems like, well, there's, there's no one really reaches out to comment on it. But I do get these sort of trickle down effects of um, where I hear that a friend of a friend listened to it or, or this person listened to it. And that's cool. I, it's public and I do and I and I make this for a reason. And it's to and I'm honest like this for many reasons. And it's mainly to to let other people know that, you know, they're not alone in their feelings and um, and that, you know, I, I don't want I'm not ashamed of my experiences. However, However, exposing myself to people um, and yeah, when it's really, when it's really, really vulnerable stuff, I realized I don't, I don't want just anybody to be able to have access to that. I think if you want to have access to that, um, you need to want to support me (laughs) and it's not about money, but sadly that's, that's kind of the way support um, is most easily demonstrated. So yeah, it's not that I have all these haters out there and it's not that I want to exclude people, but I do put some very personal stuff out on this podcast. Um, You know, when I'm performing on stage, it's also very personal, but it's my choice to release any of that footage that in the moment when it's live, you know, I can, I can say whatever I want. It's live. It's not being recorded and it's just in people's memories. But when it's recorded and it can be taken and it can be used um, for other purposes, um, yeah, I, I don't want just anybody to be able to hear my deeply, deeply private stuff. Now, I'm still going to be um, uploading episodes where it's uh, where, where I don't feel like I, um, I expose myself too much. I'm going to keep uploading those. But I have removed the episodes that I do feel expose me quite a bit. And if you want to listen to those, they will be behind a paywall. <laughs> now it's a very small paywall, but, it, but the idea is, uh, you know, if you, if you want to support me, you want to hear that stuff, then, um, throwing a few, a few euro my way per, per month, uh, isn't, doesn't seem that crazy. I've been wanting, I've been talking about this for years now. Um, so I, um, I was, I looked at the options on the, on the, podcasting platform that I use and I could monetize and create like a patron patron a patron program uh, through Podbean for just like an extra 300 euro a year can you believe that anyway all good what I've realized I I, I will do instead is um, I have mentioned it before the app Sunroom uh, I'm la- launching my profile on Sunroom where I will be sharing content uh, for members uh, they'll be, you know, the the not safe for Instagram clips. They will be um, maybe some longer longer format um, longer format videos, as well as all the video footage from all the podcasts um, will be available through there, and also the audio and video um, of the podcasts that I I feel are too personal um, to be just giving out for free. So, um, 
so yeah, uh, I'm excited to do that. And, um, and I, yeah, um, I hope some of you will be interested in, um, in supporting me in that. Um, if, uh, if you belong to the set of people who listen to me, um, and don't particularly like me, <laughs> it sounds so paranoid and insane, but I, I mainly say this because I, I really believe, yeah, some of the people that have listened to my podcast, you know, I, I really think they only listened to the parts that they felt would be, um, you know, like, uh, like worth, worth then creating dramas from. And, um, and the point is I've, I've talked about it before. I don't expose other people's stories. It's about my story. If you're part of my life, yeah, you, you know that you're part of my life and, and it will come up, but I don't name names unless you are. Um, yeah, parents are something, that, something a bit different. And uh, otherwise it'll usually be an ex or my current partner, which, um, you know, whether, yeah. Um, but even my current partner, you know, I, um, I'm not going to be giving identifying details to him. You, if you know him, you know him. Cool, cool. But, uh, but I'm not, um, I'm not exposing people. And when I expose myself, then deeply deeply in a way that that can be maybe used against me or um yeah i just feel it's a bit more vulnerable and 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 shouldn't just be given away um to people who maybe don't like me then um then yeah then here is this paywall okay i think i've been talking around in circles with that but um but yeah it's a there's a lot of emotions there and um yeah and speaking of a lot of emotions uh just want to put it out there huge January hugs to everyone. I had a huge, um, dip into depression last week and, uh, and I'm okay, but I'm really needing to be very conscious. Um, very conscious of my thought patterns and, uh, trying to sort of reintegrate my, uh, reintegrate some Buddhist practices and just really staying present and being conscious of just how great it is simply to be alive. These kinds of things. Um, it's, it's messed up because everything in my life is going so like on paper and, and intellectually and emotionally, really everything in my life is, is so wonderful and I'm so grateful and, and I'm, I'm happy, but I, I, I dipped very hard and it was very hard for me to, um, to, to get out of that, uh, headspace. And it was a solid, a solid 48 hours. Um, but it's still, it's still kind of lingering. And, uh, to the point where, um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very happy that I, I already have a therapist, but where I, where I may, um, I may go to a psychiatrist just to, yeah, just to just to see if there's not a little bit of extra help that could just um, balance me out a little bit. Um, yeah, so um, just want to send out my sympathies if anyone else has been going through a tough a tough patch. Maybe it's just me, but I, I doubt it. I doubt it. There's something about January that always always kind of starts crushing crushing me at least. Um, even if I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm doing all the right things, you know, I'm taking vitamin D and I'm doing exercise and I'm staying in contact with, you know, people that, um, support me and who, you know, and I'm supporting others and all of these things. I'm still doing everything I love, but still something about January always, I don't want to say always, cause that's also, um, not helpful, but I really thought I was going to get away with that without having one of these patches this year because of my situation. But also, I there's another element, um, 
you know, since since my partner moved in with me, um, yeah, that that also uh, like like what is it? Treasures? No, um, it kind of having having this very uh, new dynamic for me that I've had that I had many many times for many years in my twenties, but it's it's the first time that I've lived with a partner in eight years. And so I think that's as, as wonderful as it is, it also brings up a lot of insecurities. And, um, and so I'm doing a lot of work here and, uh, I am feeling very supported with him and, um, man, Gen Z fucking awesome, mate. Uh, so, so, so okay with emotions and supportive of that. And, um, yeah, man, I'm starting to feel my generational, um, what's the word like? Yeah, just the the um, anachronisms of my generation as well. Like I still feel like my generation, as much as um, being born in the eighties, um, what, whatever that makes me, and and what whatever experience I've had now, and whatever I've been exposed to, I, I definitely am a lot more connected to that generation of you know showing vulnerability as weakness, and even though I I actively practice against against that. Um, it's still, it's still hard work, uh, fighting through, you know, whatever your parents have kind of inadvertently passed on to you and, uh, and whatever society's done to you as well. Um, so yeah, really, um, really looking forward to some more sunshine, really. <laughs> but, um, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the work and I, I hope you're doing all right doing the work and uh, and doing the work of just yeah being with your your being with your um, feelings and uh, and being okay with it and um, yeah and and looking after yourself so cool 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 um, I think I'm gonna wrap up there um, I did I, I've been doing some winter cleaning and I, and I did actually stumble across my egg freezing contract, which I was going to, I was going to, I was going to, wow, I'm already talking about it. Like it's not going to happen, but I, I finally read the contract for freezing my eggs today. And, um, isn't it? Okay. And there's this one clause that says, if I die, the clinic will destroy my eggs regardless of any um any contract or written agreement otherwise i thought that was really interesting and weirdly weirdly i don't know why but weirdly that turns me off the idea of freezing my eggs because i'm like because what if i like that was kind of one of the things i was like oh well if i die that means like you know my eggs my my (laughs) is that narcissistic or what like Part of the part of the the attractiveness was okay. Freezing my eggs. If I die, then um, you know maybe um, I can leave them to my 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 mum or whatever. Not for her to you, but but as in like to look after, and then you know maybe to donate or to sell them to sell them at least. Because I just feel like what if I don't what if I don't use them? What if I don't use my eggs that I freeze? And then also and and what if I die? And then it's all for nothing. And also looking at the costs in this contract, it is not like I knew it wasn't cheap. And my, my I've been offered been offered by a few different um, really lovely supportive people in my life. 
um, they've offered to loan me the money. And uh, I'm not expecting anyone to give me the money. Don't get me wrong, but a loan is very generous, but it's still a lot of money. And it's it's still like, um, what was it? It's like uh, a good a good one to two grand for the medicine. And then for the um, for the actual removal of the um, eggs, it's two thousand eight hundred. Um, two thousand eight hundred for the removal, and hopefully you only have to do that once. And then it's another two grand. So you're looking at another two grand for the medication, the hormones that you inject. So that's four eight, right? And then it's another, um, and each additional twelve month storage period costs three hundred euro, two hundred ninety euro. It's a lot of, it's, it's just so much money and I'm really not sure about it. So anyway, um, that was just a thought I had today and, uh, and just the whole, they'll, they'll destroy your eggs if you die. It's like, wow, is that like, is that, is that connected to some like fear of, of cloning or something like, but it's your eggs. So it's not, I don't get that. I don't get that. Um, yeah, I'm going to be looking into that a bit more. Like there's nothing you can do. It's clearly in the contract, but I also, I'll be looking into it more as in why it bothers me. Uh, but anyway. All right, guys. Um, this has been fun. Uh, it's been lovely talking to myself in my kitchen, as always, with you. Uh, I will be releasing, I'm pretty sure, yeah, the next episode, I think I will be releasing through Sunroom. Uh, but, um, but the one after that maybe will be uh, through the usual avenues. So check out the Sunroom um, profile. I'm populating it uh, in the next few, in the next few days. And, um, and yeah, uh, peace, love, care, gentleness. Uh, that's been Adults Only Comedy Berlin. Thank you so much and, uh, and goodbye.